Hello and welcome to the Supersize Phys Ed Podcast. I'm Dave, I'm your host, and I'm here, and it's summer, and I'm glad you're here. <laughs> because I have a boot on my foot, I am I just had a procedure done, and I've, I'm getting some podcasts done here. I like that, I like that. But I'm in pain, and but I, I want to share some cool stuff I've been listening to on Audible or reading, and uh, it's just my summer so far, and I hope you are enjoying your summer if that's when you're listening to it. And if not, hope you have a wonderful end of the school year. I have, and it's it's good to be home, and it's good to get this done because my foot's been hurting for like I don't know since September, so I don't know eight or nine months. Anyways, that's not why I'm here talking today. I want to tell you about Bobby Fischer and the genius that he was, and how I'm haunted by his story, really and truly. So, without further ado, here we go. All right, so after listening to Peak by Anders Ericsson, which I've talked about, I wanted to know more about, just in general, Bobby Fischer and other prodigies or child prodigies. And I've always been a chess fan. I love the movie Searching for Bobby Fischer, which, by the way, he hated the name Bobby Fischer did. He was, uh, I guess we'll get into his personality in a moment. But when you think of Bobby Fischer, if you have ever heard of him, my wife really didn't know anything about him, so I can't say everybody's heard of him. But he was a child prodigy in chess. And this is what most people know and what I knew. And he won the. He was a great. He became a grandmaster. He won the world championship from the Russians, which was almost impossible. No one had ever really done that uh, American-wise um, because they were dominating for so long. And then he kind of went off the grid for a while, for like twenty years. It really was. It was twenty years, and then he came back real briefly and disappeared again. And actually got arrested and. All this crazy nonsense, nonsense. I didn't know all that, but I knew the basic part of that. And, um, you know, I just want to talk about his, I guess, from what I've read, um, what he was like and, you know, how we can uh, apply that to PE or parenting because that's what I really uh, care about is, you know, my children and, and my, my students and, and myself, of course. So let's go back here for a second on Bobby Fischer. Now, the 10,000-hour rule, which is has become famous by Anders Ericsson and Peake and Outliers um, and, and other books, it's really not an effect here. He was playing Bobby Fischer since he was about eight years old, and he became champion at 13. So obviously, if you do the math, that's five years. But he was playing all the time. He was studying the chess moves, the chess games from the grandmasters. He was learning. He was growing. He had teachers, or he had mentors. I didn't really call them teachers. And he was amazing, and they couldn't believe it. And he played at this chess club, this famous chess club in Brooklyn that actually Josh Waitzkin played at too, uh, all the time. I mean, you're talking 10 to 12 hours a day, he would just play chess. So he, pr- he probably did put in his 10,000 hours, but it was a lot faster than the 10-year rule that most people uh, talk about, I guess. So... A lot of people thought he, looking back, he was either schizophrenic or had autism, some form of it, or was paranoid. Now, I guess the the doctor closest to him really says, mm, probably not schizophrenia, not autism, 
uh, paranoia. Yeah, probably because he just he was different, and every little thing mattered. Every little thing was either bothered him, or you know if things weren't perfect, he wouldn't play. He canceled matches because of the lighting, um, <laughs> the air. Um, that was more of a uh, when he was looking for houses, like the he just didn't like the air. The cameras um, were a big part of the world championship, where he he wouldn't come back unless they moved the cameras. Um, he he had Soviet paranoia. He thought he thought they were always out to get him. The KGB. Now looking back, and actually some of the files showed that they kind of were out to get him a little bit. So he was he was kind of right about that. But he was always he was very paranoid, and you know because of that he lost a lot of friends, his mentors. He alienated them. He was you know the people that really cared for him. He turned on to some degree or didn't repay all the, the favorite like if they asked him one of his mentors asked him if he could um write the forward to uh, a chess book that that the guy was writing and he never responded to it things like that um you know he he won the championship in 1972 then he didn't defend it he won in 1972 and this is one of those things and there, there actually is another movie which i'm excited to watch it's actually i haven't seen it yet. it's called pawn sacrifice it's actually Tobey Maguire plays Bobby Fischer. Um, by the time you hear this, I will have watched this. But um, it's for I've, I found it on on TV. It's coming on in a couple of days, so I'm excited to watch it. And it shows his paranoia. It shows that if he didn't have the right amount of money, or he didn't have the right around, amount of you know lighting or air, or um, if the Russians were talking side talking somewhere, or just anything would either throw off his game or he'd get upset and wouldn't want to play. And it was just constant with him, constant. So he didn't, this is, this is unprecedented. He, this had never happened before. He, in 1972, he beat Boris Spassky, the Russian, for the, the world championship. He won, he won the world championship in 1972. And he was supposed to defend it in 1975. But he didn't. He didn't even show up because he wanted to there to be a rule change because he thought the Russians were colluding against him, which in some degree they were. They would, um, you see in chess, you could either win, lose, or draw. You can offer a draw, like shake their hand and say, okay, tie. And the Russians were kind of colluding, at least it's what it's shown, that they were kind of like, you know, they're, they're tying each other is what they were doing. And then when they played him, they would make sure they uh, either won or tied. And then because of all those, they would usually dominate and win the world championships they'd win the matches because you get half a point for a tie and you get a, a, a point for a win and so he wanted there to be a rule change and the, the federation the u.s or the chess federation they would not agree to that and so he didn't show up and he you see this is the kind of thing that I, I just don't get and i've been haunted by for a few days since i finished this if he would have just played in 1975 he was guaranteed at least $1.5 million. And in that, those days, that's a, that's a lot of money. The winner was to get $3 million. And uh, I forgot his first name, uh, Alexander, I think, Karpov, the one who, who won it, but by default. And he became a great champion as well. You know, he didn't get any of the money because he won, but he didn't play Bobby Fischer. And so, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, $1.5 million just for showing up. And he wouldn't do it. And, you know, after that, for 20 years, he was basically broke. 
he lived off his, his mom's social security checks. I mean, can you imagine being the number one player in the world at anything and being broke and having to beg off beg your you know off your family? He would stay with his, his sister sometimes. You know, he, he lived in these tiny places with no money. But he was the best in the world. So in 1992, he reemerged to win an unofficial match against Boris Spassky in Yugoslavia. And he was paid a lot of money for that. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if it says, but a few, at least a few million dollars. But the problem is he was told he wasn't supposed to play there. He actually got a, a letter from a lawyer um, from the United States saying uh, because there were sanctions on Yugoslavia because we were at war, they, they, he wasn't supposed to play. He was supposed to come home and not play. Instead, he did. He played. And then all of a sudden, he was a wanted man in the United States. He, because um, he didn't play, pay taxes on it, they said it was illegally uh, gained, that money. He did win, by the way. Um, and he was a man with no country, basically. He met a woman in the Philippines, and they had a, a baby, but it eventually, well, I'll get to that in a moment, they, uh, but then he went to uh, eventually Tokyo and met his future wife there, but he got in prison there and for a, a visa violation, like his passport wasn't, um, was expired. He thought he was going to get deported back to the United States and, and be arrested. Also, this goes to show with his anti—he was anti-Semitic, and he was a, he was Jewish, but he said some really hateful things about Jews, and he was anti-United States, and he after the 9/11 terrorist attacks, he was praising uh, the the people that did that. He was you know saying very mean things about the United States. So that didn't go well with the United States government. They wanted him back. Um, he never actually went back to the United States. He didn't have a place to go. He was in prison in Japan for, uh, I believe, almost a year, or maybe even more than a year. And they, he, he didn't have a country. He, want, he wanted a place to live. He had no country. He was a man without a country. And this, again, goes back to the child prodigy. <laughs> At 13, he, he, won, uh, he won what's called the, the match of the, of the century. You know, he was he was a grandmaster at 13, basically. He was a champion, it's, you know, in 1972. The best chess player at that time, maybe even ever, especially in the United States. And this is a man that didn't have a country. He didn't have any money. He had nothing. I mean, he had some money stashed away because of that last match. But that was about it. And it's just a sad, sad, sad story. As a matter of fact, eventually Iceland took him in because of the 1972 match they want to treat him uh, with respect because he played there and put them on the map, not literally, but uh, as far as chess goes. And he led a pretty simple life there, but he was still anti-Semitic, made some comments. He had like a, a radio program. Again, it was anti-United States. He was anti-anybody that came near him that was a, like a tourist or a reporter, anybody. He, just, he was very distrustful of everybody. And when he died in 2008, he didn't... This is this is one of those things that reminds me of Steve Jobs. He was into like eating and drinking lots of natural foods and stuff, which is great. But he refused treatment, or he got some treatment. But you know, he could have been treated. For, he was he had kidney failure, 
and it was definitely uh, treatable, but he refused most of the treatment. And just like Steve Jobs, he died at a uh, relatively young age of 64, which ironically they say, of course, is the number of squares on a chessboard. Um, it was just a lonely death. He only wanted a few people there. He, he banned everybody else from being there. Um, they actually had to exhume his body because of the $2 million he had in uh, money and assets um, because his he never will. So his two nephews were trying to get it. His wife from Japan was trying to get it. And his daughter, or who they thought was his daughter, um, she was only eight, but she had lawyers. <laughs> they had lawyers. Um, they had to exhume his body to do a DNA test. And just like Mori Povich shows, he was not the father. So it went to his wife. Now, they debated whether they were even legally married because they got married when he was in jail in Japan. And it was just a big mess. And, you know, all this is just to say that I'm, I was really sad by this book because he had everything. And he, you know, at the end, had nothing. And uh, just a really sad thing. So uh, I guess I want to give you a really sad cowbell tip of the day. All right, so your tip of the day is, you know, I guess I was, I was kind of, I keep using the word haunted. I was haunted by the practice, the hard work, the dedication, and the gift he had and how he squandered it. I mean, maybe he didn't squander it because we still talk about him. But, you know, the last, man, last 30 years of his life basically were just a mess. Actually, more than 30. You know, it's just like 36 or whatever. Just a mess. And he had everything. And so as a PE teacher and as a parent, I guess the impact for me is, first of all, let kids be kids. You know, my, my kids are never going to be grandmasters in chess because I've been trying to get them to play chess and they take a little bit of interest in it and uh, that's about it. I love chess. I'm not great at it. I, I practice quite a bit on my, my app. But, you know, just let kids be kids. You know, I, I, I was sad when my son quit baseball because I always play baseball and I wanted him to play but he didn't really enjoy it, so he went to soccer. And I'm like, okay, it's cool. You know, but let kids be kids. Trust me, I've seen it enough on the soccer field, on the baseball field. Um, it's not the end of the world. Most kids will not become world-class athletes, but some will. And we should encourage that, too, if, they, if that's what they really want. That's what they're trying to attain. So help, encourage, don't push. Let them live their lives. Do the best you can as a parent. But don't push. Don't push. <laughs> And that is your cowbell tip of the day. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I want to do more of these kind of biography type things. And uh, just to put that out there for all of you to maybe listen to or maybe not. But, you know, um, his is a great story, but it's also a sad story. He was a great person, but also deeply troubled. And, um, you know, I'll put more of those out there for you to listen to. So have a great day. Have a great week whenever you listen to this. And tune in to supersizephysed.com. And you guys are awesome. And girls, have a great day. Here's a new beat for you.
Yeah.